This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming, but New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance, run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hello, sports fans, and welcome back to Go, my favorite sports team. My name is Mark Blar, your resident sports expert, incredible sport knower, fantastic predictor of sport outcomes. Mark Edward Fishbach is my name, and Markiplier is my game. That that's I might as well have that master's degree. Tyler. No, Tyler, hand no, it over. Hand no, it over. Hand it over. He's handing it over right now. It's right in my hand. Master says master's degree. I'm going to scribble out with a sharpie. Have that sharpie over there. Give me the Sharpie. Why don't you just give it to me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got to carry the two. And I have, oh, also Tyler's here. Introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Tyler. I am the one that's the expert. I'm the one that has a master's degree. I'm the one who studied sport. I'm the one who imparts knowledge. And also, if you're listening to this and you're not a sports fan, you could be if you listen to more of the podcast. Well, I don't know about that because I didn't watch a single game <laughs> between <laughs> the time that we... You were busy being in space. No, nah, we filmed that a year ago. I also was in space. I, I did the photo shoot for That's true. Cloak. That's 100% true. So if you're wondering why I am now the resident sport expert and Tyler has been no, demoted no. to water boy. No. no. Water man. I, He'll take I'm it. All right. Water man is because in my hands, I'm holding the results of the... March Madness. That yes, that's, that's correct. What it's called. <laughs> Our March Madness March bracket challenge. Madness bracket challenge. And just to remind everybody, here is all of that entire uh, episode condensed into two seconds. And now here, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry. <laughs> now here is us explaining what the stakes of that competition were in 10 seconds. Whoever gets the most points on these picks, I will have to be your butler for a day. For a day. Butler for a day? For a whole day. And if I win, you have to dress up as the butler from Who Killed Markiplier and be my butler for a day. Gentlemen's bet. Gentlemen's bet. And now with that out of the way, I actually don't know the results. Here, you want me to read the results? I don't know how to read All right. them either. All right. So Mark and I both filled out brackets. I got... 28 correct predictions. That sounds good. Mark got 29. Yes! But here's the kicker. Ooh. All of mine came in the early rounds. Huh? So my grand total of points was 36. Oh. Mark's grand total of points, 103. <laughs> 
I did not know how much I won. I legitimately You literally know. picked the champion. No did I? Yeah, Kansas won the whole thing. Oh! <laughs> so that, that, that alone is 32 points. Oh, my God. Yeah. I got zero final four teams correct. You got two. Oh, my God. You got one of the two championship teams correct, which is worth 16 points. This is the greatest day of my life. You know, I was just joking when I said you should probably hand over your master's degree, but 102? You got one more correct answer than me. But it's I got, just... I got the best. But I still got one more, which was a win. And yes. in a game of sports, one above is a win. Correct. But then I just... Smashed. Who won? <laughs> you did. No. Oh, the, 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 <laughs> I thought you were just like stomping on me while. No, I'm no, no. I do appreciate that though. <laughs> Kansas won, right? Kansas. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, Pam. Yes. That's why that's I picked. Why you picked them. Yes. <laughs> I remember now. Well, as you all remember, and you remember from the condensed version of the stakes of it, Tyler now has to be my butler for a day. So I guess Benjamin Butler's being uh, reincarnated. Yes, absolutely. So if you remember from Who Killed Mark Blyer and uh, the various streams that Tyler's done as Benjamin Butler, one various streams, he will be doing more. Oh God, <laughs> no. Uh, he will be my butler for a day. At the day of my choosing, we will be posting the video on the Go My Favorite Sports Team YouTube channel, which yes. will hopefully be up very soon, along with the first animation. We are working on that as we record this right now. Let's work on it. Come on. I, it's, it, they just got to process the animation, uh, tie it into our voices and make them move. Eh, I don't know. They say that rendering takes like 10 hours and I have no idea why. That's literally, I was wondering that when I was talking to Will. Will, can you insert a robot voice explaining why it takes so long? Yeah. It's too complex for a human mind. Thank you, Will. Thank you. Well, basketball's now over. Done. No one cares about it anymore. Well, well college basketball's over. The NBA is still going on. Why? They haven't even gotten to the playoffs yet. Why bother at this point? <laughs> Are you just saying that because the Lakers have officially been eliminated from the playoffs? The LA team's gone and there's no NBA team in Cincinnati. That is news to me. <laughs> <laughs> Why are they gone? They, they've officially been eliminated as far as uh, their record. But they got LeBron. Yeah, but LeBron's not the same LeBron when he was younger. And other teams have adapted and become better over time. That's why, you know, they shouldn't even bother. Because all the new blood coming in from the college teams. All these After old... After they were birthed in the locker room. They were. Wow. <laughs> now, this ain't football, or this ain't baseball, where you play in a baseball and it grows into a player. This is basketball, right? Yeah. Hatched from an egg. No, 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 no. The mother is in the locker room birthing them. It's literally what you said in the, the primer. Is it? I yes. doubt that. I wouldn't say such things. That's Don't a lie. Don't slander my name. You were asking where the players came from, and it was like the locker room, and you're like, but how did they get there? And I'm like, they were birthed? Then <laughs> you said it. You yeah, said it. And you put them being birthed in the... Anyway. You slanderous slanderer. Anyway, what's today's episode about? Today's episode is going to be about iconic sports foods and how they came about to become so iconic and you mean food yeah we're going to talk about food i haven't eaten today so i'm going to become very hungry at why the didn't end you this. eat 
It's like four o'clock. Welcome to what happens to me when I'm so busy doing so many different things. I forget to eat. Sometimes I forget to drink water. I was so busy doing so many different things. I ate like a pig. Because <laughs> every time I walk by the fridge, I just grab something and shove it in my gob. See, I, I'm bad to the point to where I basically my mental, my brain, my stuff up here yeah. overrides all subconscious feeling of hunger and thirst uh-huh. to where I, I think the longest I've gone without eating was like 14 hours ever. Not ever, but like because I was so focused and stressed about other different things, I forgot to eat. I want to do a fast, like a three-day fast someday. Yeah? I'm not saying do it with me. I'm saying this is just me being like, I wonder what it's like. Because I've gone over 24 hours not eating because of my uh, uh, intestinal blockages. Right. And eat. Um, so I've gone for a while without it. But even then, I had like an IV with like some sugar water getting in there for my brain, they said. But I wanted to know what it's like. Anyway, sport food. Yeah, let's uh, let's. Talk about food and uh, public service announcement. Please uh, eat food. Don't be like me. Yeah, eating food is kind of necessary to life. Yes, it nourishes your body and gives you energy. All right, this has been your PSA about food. All right. All right. So one of the most iconic sports foods, when you think about candy, I mean, that's that is an iconic thing at a ballpark. But when you think of like going to a restaurant, right? A restaurant that's focused around sports, like a sports sports bar. bar wings. Yes. Wings, beer, sports. Get in the game. Yes, that's EA's tagline when their game launches. Yes. <laughs> wings. Wait, you can can you have wings at a stadium? Yeah, you can. How? Well, you order them at the restaurant that has them in the stadium. I thought it was all like concession stand style stuff. There's concession stands. Some of them have like a fancier restaurant at different levels. Mm-hmm. Even uh, the Cincinnati Reds have a like barbecue place that's out in right field. Oh, just in the field? No, no, no. It's it's. <laughs> How do people get to it? <laughs> no, it's it's up on the concourse towards the right home field. runs go. Yes, actually, there's Did a number. They get hit. People have gotten hit on that concourse. Have yeah. they died? No, they have not died. Are you sure? I'm sure that nobody. Wouldn't they want to cover it up? Wouldn't Big Red? That's the guy, right? Yes. Wouldn't he want to cover up any deaths at the Cincinnati Red Stadium so that they wouldn't lose any ticket sales from people thinking that they would too die at this unfortunate barbecue restaurant located? in the prime home run zone. No. Okay. All it's right. very publicly televised. Trying to cover that up is very... That would be insane. Or do they have pre-recorded moments that they cut to just before the incident occurs? That's why they live stream everything on a five-second delay. Back to also, the they don't show anyone touching the mythical fifth base and ascending ten feet off the ground with lightning shooting out of their dick. I'm done now. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Buffalo wings. Right. All right. They're invented in 1964. and were No way. Yes. That recently? Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. That is an American staple. George Washington was eating <laughs> buffalo wings. There's no way. 64? Yeah. So my um, my dad and my, grandf- my grandfather owned a, uh, a meat shop uh-huh. in downtown Cincinnati and over the Rhine. And growing up, like the meat cutters and butchers and everybody used to take home those wings. They were the unwanted part of the chicken. I knew that. And so all of a sudden when these buffalo wings came about, all of a sudden they became one of the most sought after cuts of meat off the chicken uh-huh. to where 
those pieces were no longer coming home. It was actually more of the breasts that were. But they were invented by a person named Teresa Bellissimo in 1964, and it was first served in a spot in Buffalo, hence why it's called Buffalo Sauce, called Anchor Bar. Uh And so it was coming up with the idea on an accidental shipment of wings where she accidentally got shipped the wrong cut of meat that she Uh ordered. uh And Teresa came up with the idea. um, I think Teresa, but I could be wrong. God damn it. I mean, I just want to say anything. (laughs) Teresa, (laughs) Teresa, Teresa, whatever. She invented it. Her son, however, claims they were a midnight snack she created at his request. Hmm. But it became a huge part of sports in Buffalo because it was so iconic at the bar where a lot of people would go and watch the sports. Buffalo Bills in particular. Uh-huh. And so every Super Bowl party now hosted, every bar you think of that's a sports bar pretty much offers wings. Yeah. Okay. Well, this just blows my mind because I can't imagine that someone didn't previously from 1964 look at a wing from a chicken or any bird and think hot sauce. Not that buffalo is exactly hot sauce. It's got like garlic and vinegar and whatever. But like it seems pretty basic. Right. When was hot sauce invented? Let's find out. (laughs) Uh, By the ancient Aztecs. (laughs) Oh. As early as 7,000 BC. 7,000 BC. Okay, when did chickens evolve? What came first? The chicken or the hot sauce? Which one? Chickens were existing before. Yeah, but okay, but when? When? When did they? When did chickens... Start existing. (laughs) Start existing. (laughs) The domestication of them dates back to at least 2000 BC. Okay, so hot sauce came first. There's no way, unless the technology of hot sauce was lost with the Aztecs, there has to have been someone that looked at that chicken and was like, I'm not going to waste a scrap of meat on this bad bitch right here. And then slew some hot sauce on it. Oh, and then killed it. And then roasted it. And then ate it. Feathers I've and never all, they made pluck wings them? in my life. The only time I made <laughs> wings, I burned my hands second degree burns all over my palms. Oh, God. That was literally a true story. Did you just, were they still like frozen and you put them in? No, the- no, no. Much stupider. I've never told you. What? You have never told well, me. How have you? You saw my burnt hands. I I did see your burnt hands, but I've never. Oh, never I was trying story. to make uh, wings, um, and I was heating oil up on the stove. I had a thermometer. The thermometer broke into the oil, so I'm like, oh, I can't cook in this because it's like a mercury thermometer. Oh yeah. So I was like, I was gonna dump it, but I'm like, oh, I can't just dump this down the pipes. It's too hot. I'll cool it down with some water. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. So this, you know, I was I was a junior in college engineering school, and I. I just put water right in that bad boy bubbled over. In all fairness, when I was getting my master's degree, I reached in and grabbed a hot pan barehanded out of the oven. Uh-huh. <laughs> in grad school. I was very tired, but uh-huh. still no excuse. No excuse. No excuse. We all do dumb stuff. Like not coming up with hot sauce on wings. I know, right? But anyway, okay, 1964. Wings. Iconic sport food, but I would never have pictured that to be at a stadium watching a sporting event. At parties, at bar and grills, wings, of course. I love wings. Yeah. Fantastic. But never would have thought that to be an iconic like sport food. Yeah, it's not one of those things you necessarily see in sports venues all that often, um, except in like Buffalo. Mm-hmm. 
but it is considered the most iconic sports food out there. Um, the other one you mentioned when we were talking about baseball was the Wheaties. All right. I did not mention Wheaties. Yeah. I mentioned cotton candy. Well, I, not early in this episode. Last episode. My memory does not function that far back. How dare you? I have no nutrition from only wings and cotton candy. But cotton candy came about in baseball stadiums and stadiums as a food in stadiums worldwide because of carnivals. Okay. So the reason that came about is because when you're in a stadium and you're eating food, most of the stuff you want to have are handheld. On easy a stick. To eat. So you can eat it easy and yeah. have the other hand ready to catch a ball. Yep. So cotton candy became an iconic sports food by stealing it from carnivals. Uh -huh. Okay. Stealing it. Yeah. Um, the, the carnival clowns were pissed. They were very angry. You know, they, there was a whole fight that brought out. They called up the rodeo clowns. Uh, have you ever heard of... Um, I completely Have you ever heard of the gum Big League Chew? Yes, of course. Do you know why Big League Chew exists? Well, it's called Big League Chew, and there's a picture of a big old baseball player on it. So I'm guessing it has something to do with them not being able to chew tobacco anymore, and they have to chew something because they got a crippling addiction to nicotine. You're right. In 1977, <laughs> the Portland Mavericks... Yeah. His name, uh, pitcher Jim Booten, Bouton, I don't know, and oh. teammate Rob Nelson noted it was too bad someone didn't make gum that looked like chewing tobacco. Ah. So when the season was over, they put money behind the idea, designed a pouch, and made gum that they chopped up and made look like chewing tobacco. Ah. Uh, and then Big League Chew launched in 1980 and sold for $18 million at wholesale. Wow. Honestly, that was probably a bargain because I see Big League Chew everywhere. I have bought more Big League Chew than any other gum brand. Their sour apple is divine. And I have a, th you know this thing about me and gum. I chew it a pack at a time. Yep. So I take the entire pack of Big League Chew, all the strings, I ball <laughs> them up in my fist and I just shove them in my gob. And watch Mark's jaw just with a jawbreaker sized hunk of gum mm. in his mouth just chomping. How do you think I get this jawline? Oh, yeah. Nothing but gum. Which actually, I think, is a thing. Like, if you... Not not if you chew a lot of gum, you'll get a cut jawline. But if you strengthen your jaw with exercises, you can get a more defined jawline. Yes, but also don't over-strengthen it because then you run into clenching and teeth grinding problems. Beauty is pain. This and is bad advice. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary. Whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow 
grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so... You've obviously been to a few baseball games. Maybe two. Maybe two. But you've heard the phrase, peanuts, peanuts. Who wants their peanuts? No. <laughs> you've never heard that? Heard, hot dog, hot dog, come get okay. your hot dog. I have not heard peanuts. Peanuts, get your peanuts here. Yeah, that's all over the place in baseball stadiums. Yeah, did you used to be a caller for peanuts in the day? And then you look over at hot dog man. Oh, he's getting all the sales. No, probably because you you didn't go to that many Reds games. You went to Dodger games, which is actually where the hot dog became a first staple in a ballpark. Or the Dodger dog. Or, uh, I'm, that's correct. I'm pulling, I the pulled Dodger that out of my dog. ass. Yep. Hell yeah. Um, Holy crap. The I, Dodger I, dog and the Fenway Frank are the origin stories of how hot dogs became a part of baseball and now if you go to the store it's associated so heavily that they're called ballpark franks oh i never made that connection but then again i don't go out of my way to buy too many hot dogs so the link between hot dogs and baseball began in 1893 whoa and it actually dates back to the St. Louis Brown Stockings, which are now the St. Louis Cardinals. The Brown Stockings. Had them sold at games. <laughs> the Brown Stockings. <laughs> but the Dodger Dog was the... <laughs> there were Red Stockings. That's what the Red Legs were. The Cincinnati Red Legs, Cincinnati Red Stockings. Uh, and then they became the Cincinnati Reds. Why the Brown Because <laughs> they had brown uniforms. Get poop out of your mind. (laughs) Continue. So in 1893 is when hot dogs began tied with uh, baseball because because of the brown stuff. Anyway, the most iconic and the the one that is most called back to is the Dodger dog because the Los Angeles Dodgers became some of the most famous baseball teams in history. There were more than one. They weren't always the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Angels. Angels in the outfield. I saw that movie. That's a different team. It's Los Angeles. It's Anaheim. Los Angeles? Anaheim? Yeah, they're called the Anaheim Angels now. They were the Los Angeles Angels. Well, I'm talking about the movie one, which is the movie about the Los Angeles. Don't tell me I don't remember that movie right. You you remember remember that movie right. right. I remembered. Do you know that the movie you probably saw was a remake of the other movie? Wait, what? There's a black and white Angels in the Outfield that existed way back when. Oh, It's actually been remade, I think, three times. Well, that's not surprising. Hollywood is alarmingly unoriginal. That's why you've broken through in space with Markiplier. Have I? What have you seen that I haven't seen? (laughs) 
I don't know. I've been watching plenty of stuff where people talk about the innovation of film. The innovation of film. Am I in the same sentence? I highly doubt it. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you are. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, pal. <laughs> you're, you're always here for me. And the listeners probably agree with me. Yeah, yeah. Agree with me. Okay. No, I was I talking agree. to them, not you. Oh, okay. We'll agree with him. Put a robot voice of you agreeing with him. I agree. Perfect, perfect. Mm. You've heard Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Yes. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks are an iconic sports food. Also, along with peanuts, which is why peanuts was what I talked about earlier, being well-known baseball stadiums all over. In fact, whole shell peanuts are the most common food in baseball venues around the United States. Wow. But crack- kind of crazy, though, because I figured that there would probably be a lot of peanut allergy people out there. And I don't imagine that people just started becoming allergic to peanuts. They probably already were. What happens in these games when people are yucking peanuts everywhere and one of them goes into an allergic person's mouth and they have an anaphylactic shock and they die? Well, Ethan can't go to baseball games. He just can't go? Probably not unless he goes to like a special seat that's like surrounded by glass. Huh. That's kind of crazy. Like, did people back in the day just drop dead from I peanut allergy? Very well could have. When when was peanut allergy, like, discovered? Peanut allergy first discovered. It's not as clearly stated as you would think. Okay. Well, forget I said it. It's a tangent. It doesn't matter. Although known by another name, anaphylaxis has been known from ancient times, around 3000 BC, because illustrations in Egyptian tombs. Oh, Okay. Now, whether that's peanut allergy or other allergies, different story. Could be anything. I mean, allergies must have been crazy for some people. They would have thought that it was poisoned, you know? Or they just thought that God was mad at that one particular person and strangled them with the force. Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks. Yeah. So Cracker Jacks is uh, a brand name. Mm. And you wouldn't imagine a Cracker Jack, like a brand name necessarily being in such an iconic song. Okay. I mean, how often do you hear a brand name in iconic songs? Uh, Nowadays, a lot more. Like ch 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 chia Chia pets. That, those are jingles. Oh, okay. What's the difference? It's not a jingle. It's like a like a song song. That I mean, it's a different. song. They're, uh, the the Chia Pet commercial I think was a good example because that was a full song throughout the whole video. That's true. Yeah. Maybe was it? I might be lying. They talk over it. It's still a song. Mm. I think throughout the whole thing. Okay, that's fair. So Cracker Jacks were first introduced at the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago in 1893. Wha okay. Why is the Columbian Expo in Chicago? I think it stands for like Columbus and not Columbia the country. Okay. All right. I will accept that. But it's the world. So I'm wondering. I'm looking it up to verify. It's not important. It's not important. Tyler. It's important to me. <laughs> oh, it's just Chicago's World Fair. Oh, okay. So that's all it is. All right, then. But Cracker Jack, his brother, who apparently gave the snack its name, proclaimed that's a Cracker Jack. But Cracker Jack's link to baseball has a lot to do with two different people. Um, the writer of Take Me Out to the Ball Game worked with them and gave the free publicity and sales by working with them and inserting it into his song. Okay. All right. So it's all just a racket. Some money trading hands. But the funniest thing is... Cracker Jacks never made it into ballparks until 20 years after that song was originally written. Oh, interesting. So they were mostly being sold outside on the street by street vendors. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Snow cones are another iconic sports food, just like really? cotton candy. Yep. Why? 
It's another one of those handheld things. And uh, plus, baseball games and a lot of sporting events happen in the heat, especially in the summer. Uh, and it's another way to cool off. You have your okay. frozen lemonade. Mm. Along with hot dogs, you run into corn dogs. Again, hot dog on a stick. This is literally just all wrapping. the carnival food. They really did take everything. They got funnel cakes there? No. That's the one thing carnival food has. Oh, okay. That's that uh, sports stadiums don't. But they might. Mm-hmm. Do they have food poisoning? That's a that, iconic carnival. I hundred percent iconic to everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I get that still occasionally from restaurants. Sometimes. I got it the other day. Ooh. What? Ew, you. Oh. Ew, you. Don't ew me. Ew. You come into my house, you ew me. I'm ooing the sickness, not ooing you. It's part of me. No. <laughs> so I... you're down with the sickness, are you? Oh, shut up. Get out. <laughs> All right, keep going. Onion on. rings, also an iconic sport. I am doubting every one of these. There's no way that sports can just be like, these are my foods. Onion rings existed well before this. Buffalo <laughs> wings aren't even really eaten in sports stadiums. There I will is... admit sport bars, but it's just, and cotton candy. That's a car, like, it's carnival. I, I appreciate what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm calling sports. It's the iconic association. It's not necessarily I would never associate cotton candy with a sport game. Uh, Where's my BS button? There. Here we go. Nah. I'm calling bullshit on this. There's no way. This what this is, is the sport marketing industry is trying to get its grubby hands and everything and say that it was the origin of everything that ever existed and pull it into the sport umbrella so that they can market it a little better. Oh, you want your Cracker Jacks? Oh, you want your peanuts? Better come to the stadium to come get them. It's big sport trying to pull a fast one on us. No, it's not. These are the common foods that are eaten while enjoying a sporting event, whether in the stadium or outside the stadium. Sports bars have evolved to exist because of the environment around sports and when people are watching and what they like to enjoy while watching sports happen to be these types of foods. Okay, so you're not saying that these originate from sports. No, these are foods that are iconic to the sports world. They're considered iconic Foods that exist and revolve around sports as an overall entertainment. So and really, this is just an episode where we talk about our favorite foods. Not really. There's, <laughs> I'm getting into some nitty gritty, but like, there's very iconic things like Kansas City style barbecue tailgates. What ends up happening is sports becomes a huge place for people to showcase their local cuisine. Mm, okay. And when you are able to have people coming in from outside, other teams, other tourists. Uh A sporting event is a tourist event. Mm. And so when you have a chance to integrate food and associate it with your sport, Mm. you create an opportunity to get new customers, to spread your name. It's a marketing environment that helps cultivate food for that city to become iconic Uh, for a reason people to go there. Now I see what this episode is all about. I legitimately thought you were just naming random. No. (laughs) I was just like, where are you going with this Mr. Master's degree? Okay. But that makes a lot of sense because that is something that I've never thought about. People do come into a town for a game. Maybe they've never tried the food there before. They get to sample all the cuisines. They get to share like their food. They get to take a little bit of that back with them, buy a bottle of barbecue sauce, go home with them. The food culture kind of spreads and cultivates. You know, you may want to go to a particular city because you know their food's good. Yep. 
Cincinnati is considered a foodie city. Is it? It is. We have unique foods in Geta, which also is offered at Cincinnati Ball. Uh, What's Cincinnati Geta? Geta is a German-founded food. I'm amazed you haven't had What's it. What's Geta? It's like ground cornmeal mixed with some sausage, and uh, it's usually fried up in little patties. And you eat it. It's like sausage, but it's got a unique texture and a little bit more of a flair and taste. See, I grew up poor. All Get I could afford was some dirt mixed with a few of those roly-poly bugs. They were the sausage of the earth to me. <laughs> Just, he's giving me a look. He's me it's a the look. forever <laughs> same <laughs> joke with you. See, that's the whole thing about me. My whole channel, it's just the same joke. Non-stop. <laughs> People <laughs> haven't caught on yet. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of my favorite foods. And I'm so sad that it's not spread outside of Cincinnati. Same thing with Cincinnati chili. Yeah, that is strange. There have been a few, uh, like, chili places like that spaghetti chili uh here they don't do very well you know and they're not nearly as dirt cheap as skyline or gold star or uh there's one more i can't remember what the other one is uh blue ash blue ash chili but yeah that that is kind of strange because everyone that we brought in was like yeah, this is skyline it's super cheap and delicious and they're like you're right Okay, bye. There's also more than those three. There's a Camp Denison chili. Oh, yeah, there's so There's many. a yeah. West Side version of the chili. Like, mm -hmm. it's been invented. It's actually Greek-founded, which is really interesting right, being right. a part of a German city. Mm -hmm. But also La Rosa's Pizza, Grater's Ice Cream, Iconic. Those foods, you find them in the Cincinnati Red Stadium. You find them in Paul Brown Stadium. Well, admittedly, that's just pizza and ice cream. La Rosa's is terrible pizza, but Grater's is incredible ice cream. La Rosa's is trash. No. La Rosa's no. is trash. No. Oh, look, I'm from, I'm from Cincinnati. I've had I so many it. different pizza places. It's not that great. I think it's great. It's you just mediocre don't. at best. No, you just don't. You don't appreciate their sauce. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. It's not your favorite. I love their sauce. That's uh, fine. I'm sorry. I like flavor in my pizzas. I like some pizzazz. Are you a Dewey's guy then? No, I like. You ever Adriatico's down? No, Adriatico's is great. Adriatico's. Oh, I will 100 percent agree. Oh with you my there. god, Adriatico's. I like Donato's as well, but they're they're more of a thin crust. I'm a thin crust kind of guy. Oh, that would explain it. Yeah, if you, I'm not a thin crust guy. That's, that's why I like okay, La Rosa's. Right, that then. makes sense. That I feel like sense. it has a better balance of flavor, but that's just me. Well, I don't like a lot of. Carbs. We can all be wrong, you know. Not me though. <laughs> but also, uh, there's there's foods that are just so iconic to particular sporting events. Mm -hmm. Um, not only do you have the stuff that's local to the area and things like that, but strawberries and cream and Wimbledon just go together. Right now. What, what are you just saying? I, I don't know how the hell you just got from A to B. What happened? What happened? <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you looking too longingly into my eyes? I was thinking of pizza, actually. And then I look up and you're like, strawberries and cream, Wimbledon. He gave me the most intense stare when he said, strawberries and cream, Wimbledon. No, but there's there's certain levels. Like, buffalo wings are so tied and ingrained in buffalo culture uh -huh. that it's an iconic food that sure. is consumed in buffalo, especially yeah. bars all over. And it's forever known as buffalo wings. Uh -huh. Wimbledon... Their iconic food that is served at that venue during that event mm -hmm. is strawberries and cream. Basically, during Wimbledon, more than 20 tons of fruit and oh. berries oh and 1,820 gallons of cream are consumed <gasps> at the events. Can you say that sentence but slower? <laughs> yes. More than 20 tons oh. of fruit, which wow. is more than 2 million berries, oh. and 1,820 gallons of cream are consumed as the event's signature disc. <laughs> Never say that again. 
never say it again. They're consumed as the event's signature dish. Why berries and cream of all things? Something about strawberries and tennis. Um, is <laughs> Go so on. King George V is responsible. But as the New York Times has reported, uh-huh. the traditional dates of the era of the first Wimbledon tournament in 1877. Okay. Strawberries and cream were a fashionable item to eat. And the seasonality coincided with the event. So it forever became tied to the event because it was during that season in which it was heavily favored as an item to consume. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That's weird. Everyone at Wimbledon Stadium? Not everybody, but it's just that amount Uh every year is consumed at Wimbledon. It is the most iconic. Oh, in a year. I thought this was just at like a tournament or something. Oh, that is is just a tournament. It's not in a year. It's an annual tournament. It's an annual. I was about to say, tournament. oh, a year. That's perfectly. How long is the Wimbledon uh, showdown? It's fourteen days. They drink how many thousand gallons of cream? One thousand eight hundred and twenty gallons, God. and how over many, twenty tons of fruit. How many gallons are in an Olympic swimming pool? Just give me a frame of reference here. All right, hold on. <laughs> so one thousand eight hundred gallons of cream. Yep. Okay, give me the Olympic swimming pool. 660,000 gallons. Okay, that's way more. Okay, all right. How, how many gallons are in a backyard pool? On average, 21,000. 21,000 gallons? Yep. How many gallons in a kiddie pool? This is becoming much more reasonable. You said 1,800 gallons of cream, right? Yes. Okay, kiddie pool. How many gallons? Eight. No, no, shut up. What? Eight? In a five foot by one foot kiddie pool. There's eight gallons of water. Okay, how many gallons? The average is like 100, uh, and a really big one uh, is about 250. Okay, so they drank 18 average kiddie pools of cream. All right, everyone, you have a visualization in your head. You're welcome. I will take all the credit for getting all that information (laughs) to you. Of course, normal stuff, normal stuff. <laughs> stealing my master's degree to start out, stealing hey, credit for my research. I earned that master's degree. You didn't even get your bachelor's. Don't even talk to me. I don't. You're not to my <laughs> level of education and standard. Oh, here we go. Let's go to Wimbledon and have some more cream. <laughs> Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But 
as you can see, events can get tied into particular types of food. Sure. Locations obviously make sense because culture and sharing of food. Uh-huh. But sports in and of itself has evolved food to the extent to where sports bars exist because of sports uh-huh. and the broadcasting. Sure. Pay-per-views. You go to like, I mean, sports as a marketing source for restaurants is fantastic. Uh-huh. Because back in the day, not everybody could afford a TV. Not everybody could do that. So they'd listen on the radio. When TVs first came out, restaurants adapted and were able to do it and attract customers to come in to be able to consume food and enjoy a nice meal while watching their favorite team perform. But it's evolved to the point to where now food in stadiums originally used to all be this cheap stuff, right? It used to be hot dogs, used to be all that stuff, and it's raised in price. Now they're starting to pull in more and more iconic foods from their local areas to pull into stadiums. You've got restaurants, you've got micro brews, Uh, you've got all of these different things to where it is actually becoming an adventure of the palate for you to visit various stadiums. I love that phrase. Can I just say you should trademark that? You should put that in your Tinder bio. (laughs) I will take you on an adventure of the palate. That is incredible. That is outstanding. Put that on a shirt. And we will put it on a shirt as soon as our merch comes out. (laughs) I think we can do better than that. That's for you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. That just tattooed came out of my great noggin. (laughs) (laughs) An adventure of the palate. That's what I just call my member, you know? Uh, Yeah, your member. You're, you're, you're what? Have you never heard it called a member? Oh, I have. Yeah, in like uh, in uh, 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 smut, in like uh, what do they call it? The, the f- fiction, but not. I'm not fan fiction. What do they call it? Uh, there's a word for uh, books that are dirty. What's it called? What's it called? There's a word. What's the word? Uh Adult? No, there's a... I can't remember. It's whatever. It doesn't matter. uh, Meanwhile, people listening at home who are the not-sport fan crowd are just like, I know. Anyway, call your boat an adventure of the (laughs) (laughs) When will I ever buy a boat? When this podcast hits the moon. Which... When we get... What? Oh, I was going to say, please make us go up in the charts. Yeah. Make us hit the moon. Make us hit the moon. Tell your friends. Yeah, let's th- tell your friends about the podcast. If they haven't tried it out and they're not a sports newer or sports liker, they'll or, love it. It's very enjoyable. We'll make them love it. We'll take them on an adventure of the palate. <laughs> an auditory adventure? Ah, what's the word for the fucking sex books? The, <laughs> well, there's a word. There's a word. Uh, the word for. Uh, Are you going to be like. Adult books. There's <laughs> a word. Uh, erotic erotic erotica no erotica (laughs) erotica isn't that it isn't that the word erotica isn't it or is that just like a website (laughs) no 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 that's the word literature or art intended to arouse sexual desire how did we get to talking about this The adventure of the palate? (laughs) Or was it when I read off the strawberries and cream? No, it's all started then. (laughs) That's where this podcast went downhill. What's really interesting to me when it comes to food, though. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Masterful segue. Incredible stuff. I'm impressed. (laughs) Go on. Take me on an adventure of the palate. (laughs) I lost my train of thought the instant we started laughing. (laughs)
All right, continue. Okay. What's interesting to me about food and how it's consumed around sports and mm-hmm. what's marketed in sports sure. generally is your non-nutritious items. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at Coca-Cola sponsoring the Olympics. You look at McDonald's. You look at all these fast food places. These iconic food brands and these iconic foods that revolve around sports mm-hmm. are not the things that you would expect an athlete to eat. Yeah, you're you're right about that. They're not typically the most healthy. And if you look at the average sport crowd, they're not usually an example of the most healthy segment of the population. Yeah, usually what it comes down to is what's inexpensive mm-hmm. for people to be able to enjoy because it's meant to be appealing to the average person. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Not the person that has the financial means to be able to do all of this stuff, but more so to be able to easily and cheaply be able to enjoy a meal while consuming an alcoholic beverage or watching the game. Okay, I'm following. So why is that? Because sports in its history, and not in recent days, were designed to appeal to the audience of the average population, to give the working force Mm -hmm. an escape, an entertainment, a place where they can have some pride in who they are and what they're a part of in their city. That's an interesting way to look at it because... You're totally right. There really wasn't a lot in terms of entertainment back in the day. I mean, we're talking like before TVs when sports really started going up in the world and then like radio brought it together and allowed more people to enjoy it. But what were the alternatives? Like a movie every once in a while would come out. You know, you have a play. Listening to the radio, music. That's about it, right? No, it gave them a place to go and it gave them a place to be with their fellow community members Uh and enjoy something together. It brought communities together and crossed boundaries outside of just your normal local area. Because, you know, you have Chinatown, you have Germantown. All of those are founded in the support groups that existed within those cultures when they came overseas to the United States. Mm -hmm. It's even still a rallying point in Europe with soccer events, um, with the World Cup, the Olympics. All of those things around sports evolved in that sense for the common person. Okay. And in recent years, it's it's been changing and evolving because the price tag of everything has gone up. But at the core root of it, sports was meant to be consumed by the common person. Mm-hmm. It was meant to be a place where people could gather and enjoy themselves and escape from the work and the monotony of life. Mm-hmm. And to be able to have a place where they can feel pride and feel joy, elation, sorrow, ride the roller coaster of life and the roller coaster of the event to give them some emotion and something to look forward to. Right. Well, that's beautiful. Why isn't it that? Why has it degraded to be a money-grubbing scheme to squeeze pennies out of people's pockets so that all they can do is line the pockets of Big Red? Capitalism. That is the correct answer! (laughs) Hey, there we go! No, it, it... It really was something that um, uh, I was talking about with my uncle when the Super Bowl came around out here in L.A. Uh And it was something I talked with my dad about. And actually, a number of athletes spoke out about it because the average Super Bowl ticket Mm -hmm. was over $3,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that's up in the nosebleeds. So you're talking about something that originates in the foundation of sport being for the common man. Oh. How it's evolved to now be not accessible for the common fan. Who could? $3,000? How much was a decent seat? Five plus in the tens, depending on when you were buying. Oh my God. How much does an average ticket cost 
non-Super Bowl. It's usually in the hundreds for depending on which team. It varies per team to team. Even that? Yep. That's so expensive. That's why baseball is one of the most common sports that most people go to. It's still appealing to the common person because of the ticket prices being lower, especially if you go to weekday games. Yeah. Because... They're lower prices. They even have specials. That's when we were in kids, we got like honor roll. Uh-huh. We'd be given Reds tickets. That's that's so crazy to me. And it, it, it just makes me think of movies, right? Because movies, yeah. everyone always complains like, oh, the concessions cost too much. But honestly, the tickets have never really been too expensive. If, right. If you really think about it, I mean, it's like, what, 16 bucks for a, a yeah, new release? Yeah, it's obviously gone it's up since we were in high school. It was But like, compared to sporting events, that's a bargain. That's, and, and like, bang for your buck you get the huge screen you're right up there with the action the sounds great you know the food's expensive and it's not too great but whatever like you go to one of those restaurant movie theaters now with like good food mm-hmm. and service that you get it there and it's great like it's it's a delightful experience it doesn't cost hundreds of dollars and you don't have to swim in a crowd of people like i have gained a greater appreciation of sports from listening to you over the past few months that we've been doing this or weeks but but what it's starting to dawn on me is this is painting a picture of a kind of a dystopian situation in the stadium itself which is like the crucible of the sport and and that should be where most people should be able to engage with it and enjoy it and and really like connect with it and connect with their fellow people and yet they're just kind of herded into these seats like cattle and shoved in as much as possible and they're still overpaying Like, it's sad almost. Yeah, it's why more often than not, people are reverting to their television. Yeah. Obviously, broadcast rights are a big part of it, but it's also because what does the stadium offer if you can't afford a good seat? Yeah. What does it offer? What even concessions are up there in the nosebleeds? Usually less than what's down in the other areas, but you can wander down there. There's not things that keep you separated. It's just a long walk. I wouldn't be surprised if there were eventually in a few years, I guess. But that's also a big reason why I grew up loving baseball Uh is because it was so much more accessible. Oh, yeah? It was something that was less expensive. You could get an $8 ticket to go to a Reds game. That sounds like a deal. That yeah. sounds like just like, that's like uh, 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 the the park nearby where I am. Like, just like you could buy a ticket for, that's about the same price. And you just go walk around. It's nice. Even when the Bengals were bad, uh-huh. you couldn't get a ticket for $8. How much? Usually one ticket, probably in the 30s, 32. 30s. That's not terrible, but man, I know they didn't fill that stadium either. Is it just like a numbers game because they play so much more baseball? Yeah. So supply and demand. But I mean, like going to a ballpark to me, the focus as much as like the game exists, mm-hmm. there's so much more to do around the venue yeah. than there is in like a football stadium. Because uh-huh. if you leave your seat in a football stadium, you're going to miss action. And baseball, that that's the thing people don't understand is why, why going to a baseball game is so different than watching it on TV. Uh-huh. And why people are like, oh, baseball is boring. It's designed to be an experience mm-hmm. for you to go to the ballpark. Yeah. They're the ones that really have evolved and adapted a lot of the carnival foods. Mm-hmm. Majority of the time, you don't see cotton candy. You don't see peanuts and all that stuff in football stadiums with vendors walking around. That's more commonplace in baseball stadiums. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, it really does seem like um, the spirit of, especially with football, uh, the spirit of the game is lessened for the experience, the entertainment of the game. Not so much just the spirit of the whole communal aspect of it. It's all hyped up about like the big hits, the crunching impacts and stuff like that, and the highlights that they play, as opposed to what sports 
should be from what I'm learning from you is that sports is about community. It's about the human connection. It's about like fair play. It's about sporting chance. It's about having these healthy competitions that give people a chance to exceed and excel and, and really like showcase their discipline and their art. Whereas, you know, sports in traditional media is a money game and that's fine. It can be both, but by constantly leaning towards the money side of things, you know, you can see how the actual heart of the game suffers for it. Yeah, I think um, soccer has kind of had that same aspect, especially over in Europe. Yeah. But they have less expensive seats. Horse racing, even. Um, you can get standing room in the, the field oh, in the yeah. middle of the racetrack. Uh-huh. I forget what it's called off the top of my head. I think it's called a field in the center no, it's, of the it's, track. It's called something else. It's erotica? Is it erotica? No, no. Are you sure? Um, seats. Yeah. That would be a good horse name. An adventure of the palate. Adventure yes. of the what? The palate. You don't remember? I, I thought you said something else. I thought you said ballot. And I was like, that's pronounced ballet. And I was like, <laughs> no, you're two degrees of wrong there. Thank you. Uh, what is it called? That's really going to bother me. Oh, God, it's showing me the wrong Will, story. please play an audio clip of what the center of a field in horse racing is. It's just called the infield. Oh. Th- thanks, Will. Well, now I know what it is, but I'm not telling you. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. Yes. What were we talking about? Food in sports. Oh. Well, the way that the fans have evolved in football and other sports where they can't necessarily access the game and get in is where tailgating became a huge thing. Mm. And that became the biggest thing for sharing food and camaraderie and conversation. So much so that I remember going to a Bengals game with my friend Alex and... We went down there, and I fully expected to go to the game. I was like, yeah, we're going down for it. It was really cold. They set up a TV. We ate food and enjoyed the tailgating experience, and then we were in the parking lot outside the stadium watching it on TV. Oh, weird. It's like the equivalent of kids looking over the fence at like baseball games. Yeah, like, like angels exactly in the outfield. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But no, it's like that. It's like where there's a will, there's a way they want. Like that just shows. And it's so sad because you see people want that community. They want the communal experience. They want to hang out with their friends. They want to meet new friends. You know, they want that. And yet pretty much everything about the stadium experience, at least from what I'm hearing, I have not been to a football game ever. It's like, it's not about that. It's just less about that. It's it's not about having those moments. It's not about having that shared experience. But people will make it. Yeah. Because that's what people want. And what people want, they will find a way to get. Yep. You, you try to get people to stop doing that shit. They will make it happen no matter what. Yeah, and tailgating becomes a great place for sharing food and cultures and everything along those lines as well. Yeah. Because the out-of-town team also brings their their food and their dishes. Honestly, that sounds more... I've never gone tailgating. I've never even heard of what tailgating really was. That sounds more fun than going to a stadium to me. Yeah. That sounds so fun. I would totally do that. Yeah. I There are a few particular tailgates I would love to go to. Yeah. Bill's Mafia is a big one. Okay. Buffalo Bill's. Obviously, wings are a huge part. Oh, my God. But yes. just the culture and the experience of being a part of their tailgates, uh-huh. huge. Kansas City barbecue. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, there are iconic places for those types of food. Cincinnati is great if you want German food. I mean, going down there, I grew up going to tailgates with my uncle. Does Austin have any sport teams? Yes, but it's college. Austin is the Longhorns. Never mind. University of Texas. Screw them. No, Austin's like the. F- I've been to Austin because it's Houston space, Texans but. and Dallas Cowboys for football. Mm-hmm. Houston Astros baseball team. No, yeah, that's right. The ones that cheated. 
Um, <laughs> well, either way, like I, I've been to Austin. They got great food there. So lots of great barbecue, lots of lots of great food all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers Stadium, a lot of the tailgates over there. I remember a ton of Hispanic food, uh-huh. uh, Mexican food in particular, tacos, a lot of that. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, it's a great opportunity to experience cultures is mm. in tailgates. Well, I think that about wraps it up for today's episode. We've learned a lot. The adventure of the palette, yes. erotica, and uh, what the center of a field is called in horse racing. And so we will wrap it up here. If we have made you hungry in this episode, congratulations. You are feeling the right feelings and you were listening properly to the episode. We really appreciate it. We will be in touch to the winner of who listened the hardest to this episode. Congratulations. You know who you are. You probably passed out by now from the sheer strain of how hard you listen, but we really appreciate it. If you want to find me on the internet, I'm Markiplier. If you want to find Tyler on the internet, he is Apocalypto underscore 12. Also, we're known as Mark and Tyler. This has been Go, my favorite sports team. Please hit the subscribe or reminder or bell or whatever it is. Download. Or download this podcast and get notified of future episodes every Thursday and be on the lookout for our YouTube channel with animation and live action videos that we're going to be filming where we're going to be doing some sport type challenges yeah i'm gonna kick mark's butt that is one of the challenges so thank you tyler closing words if you're listening to this podcast i challenge you if you are not a sports fan or are a sports fan to find a friend of yours whether they like sports or not and introduce them to the podcast and showcase what we can offer at some point we might even talk about why it's us doing this podcast and how it came about but i really think it's something for people to share in and share in the human experience much like sports offers to different cultures with food you can share your passion about sports or lack of passion with friends and give them a better understanding of sports so that they can understand the conversations with other people i'm a living breathing example of it i've learned a lot about sports still haven't watched a single game since we started legitimately have not not even the super bowl but i do have a greater appreciation for it and i will say you do understand it more You remember a lot of rules that I've thrown your way. Thank you. Yes, I do. Big brain up here. Oh, yeah. All right. We're done here. Yeah, take me out to the ballgame. No. Okay, bye. All right, bye.